Uh, State Representative Walter Hudson got an added bonus, got to see Sam this morning, too. So good morning, sir. Yeah, that's a heck of a reunion. I feel like it's uh, hearkening back to old times uh, and, you know, not to pile on all of the praise that uh, is. And here's the thing. It's not even going to go to her head, which just makes it worse um, how sweet she can be. Uh, But, yeah, she's gotten really good at this. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's 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 um, it's cool that she was able not cool. It's great that she was able to find uh, a place where she can really, truly be her. She was fantastic here on Twin Cities News Talk, no doubt. Um, And certainly, you know, she aligned with a lot of what we talk about here on the show. But at the same time, at her point in life, um, finding her spot over a K-102, it makes all the sense in the in the world. It's the opposite of what happened with me. I was doing the rock radio thing, and I sucked at it. <laughs> and I got to do the, the talk radio news thing, and I found out, oh, that's what I should be doing. Right, so, right, right. Uh, got a number of things to talk about with you. I certainly want to get into um, some of the news that's broke over the course of the uh, of the past few weeks just with, re- with regard to the surplus checks are going to end up being uh, taxed. We have the the budget in the bi- uh, biennium looking at a deficit, twenty percent ballooning of the 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 free meals for for kids. I mean, the list seems to grow every single day. Um, before we dive into all of that, let's get down to something specific. I have an article here, and I believe you were a part of this as well. Uh, Elk River School Board. It tries to bully new members. I'm looking at a piece here from Center of the American Experiment and uh, Bill Bill Walsh, uh, Bill Walsh talking about this disturbing new trend that's been developing in the wake of these school board elections. But you've got firsthand knowledge of this. So what's what's happened here? Yeah, both myself and Representative Paul Novotny attended the Elk River School Board meeting on Monday night in person. And just to set the stage a little bit, when we arrived, uh, there was a crowd outside the building because it was a fire code capacity crowd inside the building. So it took us about half an hour of people coming and going before we were finally actually able to get in there. And uh, you never really know why people are showing up to a meeting necessarily, but it became very clear over the course of time that the overwhelming majority of folks who were in attendance were there to support Mindy Freiberg and John Anderson, the two conservative parent-supported school board members who ended up being censured that evening. And they were censured for such crimes as asking questions, talking to their constituents, holding town halls, going to the legislature, talking to legislators about policy related to education. The great discovery out of this process has been, for me, realizing that there's this Machiavellian nexus of policy, so-called policy and protocol and procedure that apparently governs school boards across the state that has the effect of obstructing public discourse and public scrutiny of the processes and implementations of policy that take place within our school boards or within our school districts, which is why you can have a situation like in my area, uh, which includes Elk River, where... or. We, the Elk River School District in Otsego, where you can have a 65-35 district in terms of voted for Republicans, voted for Trump. 65% of people voted for Trump, but your school is still asking your kids what their preferred pronouns are in elementary school, and you still have CRT, and you're still being told that if you question whether or not there's drag shows in an elementary school in Minneapolis, um, you must be, you might run afoul of some sort of discriminatory accusation. 
it's absurd. It's so completely out of sync with where the community is and the right. community standards. But the, and there is no actual local representation of those standards and that culture in the school district as a result. Is this a larger is this an issue that is being born at the district level or is this something that we're looking at that's basically coming from the from the top on on down i mean can this be changed at the local level or how much of this is attached to what's going on at the at the state level in order to try to remedy what you're explaining because we can get into this it's this policy 209 and i have it here in my hand but but to that i mean where is this ultimately where is the heart of this at i'm in the process of discovering that okay because this for me has been a there's been a fog of war around this for me because my experience comes from seven years on a city council and now my first term in the state legislature. And those two roles are very, very different, especially the city council, because on city council, the, everybody knows their roles. The staff work for the council. You, you, you're not going to have the tail wagging the dog in a city council like you do on a school board. Um, and what I'm discovering is that it's a combination of both, right? So the state statute governs what municipalities, which a school district is, can do and, and how they're structured. Uh, but at the local level, you have these policies that are set, but it's all modeled, right? So w- one district is going to take what another district does and consider that to be a model for what they should do. And so it's all kind of cloned at the local level. And what that does is, is again, it results in this nexus of policy and procedure that has the combined effect of obstructing public discourse and obstructing public scrutiny. So you don't know what's going on. And to the extent that you do, you're not allowed to talk about it. So in the Bill Walsh piece out of Center of the American Experiment, it talks about this policy 209 comes from the Minnesota Board School Board Association. Uh, the model policies for school districts serves as a code of conduct for members. Most districts in Minnesota have adopted the exact same language. The purpose of this policy is to assist the individual school board member in understanding his or her role mm. as part of a school board. Mm-hmm. And recognizing the contribution that each member must make to develop an effective and responsible school board. It says policy 209 and the school board governance are at the heart of the current battle for control of the Minnesota school boards. But what Bill says is under this model, it's unclear why we even have an elected school board. You got it. You got it. 100%. And notice how slimy and Machiavellian that language is. We're here to assist you in understanding your role. Wow. Right? We're here to make sure that you do your duty, that you step up, that you do what you're told. Resistance is futile. You will be assimilated. Your biological and technological <laughs> distinctiveness will become part of our own. That's what this is. It's we're gonna we're going to housebreak you. We're gonna teach you what where to sit, how to sit pretty, how to sit up and get your treat. It's incredibly disrespectful, insubordinate. Insubordinate is a good word. For yeah. You. So it's coming in the door, teaching you that you are nothing and that and that you dare not actually engage meaningfully in a representative role politically. From policy 209, remember my responsibility is to set policy, not implement policy. Yeah. Recognize that my responsibility exercised through the actions of the school board as a whole is to see that the schools are properly run, not run them myself. Mm. Work through the superintendent, not over or around the superintendent. Mm -hmm. 
delegate the implementation of school board decisions to the superintendent, recognize the status of the superintendent as the chief executive officer and and a non-voting ex-officio member of the school board, support the decision of the school board, even if my position concerning the issue was different. And, I mean, imagine an analog of this, like, at the city level, right? So, the effectively what you would be saying is the city council doesn't matter and the city council's job is to support the city administrator in doing whatever the city administrator wants to do and as a city council member you can't actually talk to anybody who works for the city right or any of your constituents about what you or they might disagree with regarding how the city is run I mean, it's absolutely absurd. They've hobbled and hollowed out the capacity of the people who pay the salaries of all of these folks to have any meaningful knowledge or impact upon how things function. The implementation, that's what the implementation is, right? right? You can set whatever policy you want, but we're going to implement it the way we want. And you don't have a right to say otherwise. We're talking with uh, State Representative Walter Hudson. Uh, this is with regard to the Elk River School Board tries to bully its um, new members. And I'm I'm waiting for the companion pieces to this because I fully expect much in the same way that we've seen over the past few weeks in a very short period of time, six months since the legislative session. So much of what you and other members of the GOP and the legislature said was going to happen has happened with the, what the DFL and, mm-hmm. and uh, Governor Tim Walz has passed. I fully expect that this is going to be a frustrating situation that will be replicated in other districts because this policy is not just here it's in other places actually talks about this was used against a hastings school board member Mm -hmm. mike reese during 2001 and during his censure by the same but there's one particular law firm apparently that's at the heart of this that's driving this this controversy so i imagine this is just the first of what we'll hear from many stories of some of these new school board members um and what they're going to end up having to do with well i think it's important to note that any policy can be revoked Okay, so if we get majority control of these school boards, we can gut all this stuff and start firing people because that's what needs to happen. This is insane. Let's um, in the time that we have left, Walter Hudson, let's run through. We we, and I kind of want I'll let you um, as I do often when you're on kind of choose choose your own adventure here. (laughs) Right. So we've got a number of things that popped up. You got Governor Tim Walls dropping profanity during a press conference talking about how the the covid emergency date ends up not aligning with the date that the checks were given out from the surplus. Therefore, individuals that got a surplus are going to end up being taxed on this. He's all acting like he's all very upset. We have uh, the news that came out with regard to the budget looking towards the biennium we're looking at a deficit you guys predicted this was going to happen we have the ballooning of the free school meals program at the moment at 20 percent my expectation is without having any data that's probably going to end up being more more than that so we've got a host of things that we've already seen in terms of what the dfl has done talk about the ones that sort of concern you uh the the most with regard or if i miss something in there that's of larger note walter hudson uh well let's talk about the uh let's talk about the deficit that is projected um to come you know you say that we predicted that it was going to happen i would contest that okay we observed math like we just saw what was going to happen and pointed to it and said that's a thing okay good point um this was the it, it, it wasn't predictable right it was happening 
it was very obvious where this was going because numbers don't change. Math is constant, all right? Um, yeah, when you spend an $18.5 billion surplus, 19.5, however you want to calculate it, because you know they did that during the last session too. They tried to change the way we calculate these things in order to make it look better for them, make it eat political easier on them. You spend all of that, you, you raise the budget by 40%, you raise taxes by $10 billion. You create an entire new state department in the context where your office of legislative auditor is telling you, hey, all the departments that you already have aren't doing their jobs properly and have pervasive noncompliance with best practices when it comes to grant management. But you know, go ahead and create another one. Just copy and paste. Right. Just mish, mishmash a couple of them together and have a third one pop out. That's what they did. And so, and it's completely unsustainable. Much of the the surplus that was spent was one time money that came from federal dollars that that, by the way, were cranked out of thin air, out of the imagination of the Federal Reserve. Okay, um, none of this is sustainable moving forward. None of this translates to to actual productive value creation. It's just spending money. It's just taxation. And the, the impact upon people's personal lives, their businesses, their families, their ability to live day to day is already being felt. My current employer for my day job just so happens to, to be a, an adherent of the other side, okay. a Democrat. Um, and, you know, we don't talk about politics very often, as you might imagine. Sure. But uh, the other week he came up to me and he's like, you know, uh, I have something that might be of interest to you. Um, in your legislative role. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that? He's like, have you heard of this uh, paid family medical mm. leave thing? I'm like, yeah, I might have heard a thing or two about that. He's like, do you have any idea how much money that's going to cost me and cost this company? And I'm like, yeah, I got fair fair amount. And then he told me the number. And it's like, listen, this is that you, you get what you vote for. When, when you're voting yeah. for people who don't care about your business, and your family and your ability to feed them and only care about what makes them look good so they can get elected again. These are the results. Talking with State Representative Walter Hudson, how do you, because I think this could be beneficial, because I imagine this is going to be a conversation that people will be having. It's funny because one of the stories that I have here when we get to it, it relates to what we're talking about. Uh, from CARE 11, I have all the new uh, laws taking effect in Minnesota January 1st and earned sick and safe time is on top of the list here. Mm-hmm. In that situation, how did you, how did you, and if you don't mind my asking, how did you end up handling, handling that? I mean, cause this is, again, this is going to be something that people are faced with. And I'm curious, like, how, how do you deal with that in that situation, knowing what you know in the position that you're in? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think in that situation, I kind of let, he had obviously already come to his own conclusion regarding, right. regarding the merits of that particular policy. Sure. So sometimes the best thing to do is just allow somebody to simmer in their own realization. Yep. Um, and that's what that's what I did in that case. But, you know, in other contexts, you can share more information with people and you can tell them about, hey, did you hear about this other thing, this other thing? Because that's the thing you just referenced safe, sick and fam or whatever. Safe, uh, earn, safe sick earn, earn sick and safe time. OK, earn safe and sick time. That's a totally different, different thing, thing. Right. That is also going to be implemented on our businesses. And then there's a third, I believe, pregnancy leave provision that was passed. So it's like they doubled and tripled down on telling businesses what types of benefits they must offer and how much money they must spend in order to provide them. It's insane. What does this look like heading into the next legislative session in 
February. This has not gone unnoticed. You've no. had major media outlets. Star Tribune had a had a piece. I can't remember what the headline was, but actually was I was like, hey, that's pretty good. It was like they spent until they couldn't spend anymore or something to this effect. Yes, correct. So what is this? Is this going to have any impact? Is this no. going to slow their role heading into next year? How do they? How do they spin? How do they spin? Spin this? It's not going to slow their role, and I'll tell you why. Um, and this is going to be an alien concept, to, unfortunately, to a, a lot of my Republican friends. Um, but the the mentality that the Democrats are bringing to bear for their governance and their legislative process is get everything done while you can. Which is something that I've never seen Republicans ever do, right? Like we we don't think that way. No, we we tend to think in terms of well, what makes us you know what's going to make us look good? How are we going to get elected again? How are we going to keep or maintain our majorities? They don't think that way. They think in terms of we got the power. How do we use it to the max to achieve as much as we possibly can before they take it away from us? That's what you're going to see in 2024. You know, th- there's rumblings among some people in the legislative caucuses about going back and fixing some stuff. They're not going to fix anything, okay? <laughs> because because to fix something to fix something would require acknowledging that they did something wrong in the first place, and they don't have that kind of humility or genuine interest in how their ideas and policies actually affect human lives. Okay, so that's not going to happen. What's going to happen instead is you're going to see all the all the craziest things right. that they couldn't get done last year. They're going to get done next year. I'll give you an example. Towards the end of the legislative session in 2023, um, they considered a proposal to uh, impose mandates upon uh, rideshare services. So mm-hmm. Uber, Lyft, what right. have you, right? The, the provisions were so egregious that these companies, which, by the way, are extremely liberal companies, right? Uber and Lyft. These, these aren't like hardcore conservatives sure. we're talking about here. They basically told Governor Walls, if you do this, you won't have rideshare in the state of Minnesota. It's just not going to happen. Um, and that went down in flames towards the end of the session. But I think ultimate, ultimately it was just because they didn't have enough time, right? They had, they had to at some point choose what they were going to focus on. There's already talk about bringing it back early in 2024. So they don't learn their lessons. They don't. They don't have any concern over what the impact of their policy is going to be. It, the, what matters to them is scoring ideological points and taking action that conforms with their crazy worldview. The results are completely immaterial. 60% of students who can't read at grade level, right? If they cared about results, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have the results that we currently have. And we probably won't have a good idea of any potential we'll say Senate defectors over any of this until you get into the legislative session. Right. Yeah. I mean, and we didn't, we certainly didn't see it last, last time. No. And and there were circumstances where you could have, you could have seen that taking place. I question whether or not what we've been discussing and, and, and the news has come out over the past few weeks will carry enough weight to change those minds. But, um, Again, we'll have to wait until the legislative session starts until yeah. we know if there's any sort of cracks in their foundation. I'm I'm not expecting that. It doesn't sound like you, Walter Hudson, are expecting any cracks in their foundation either. No. I mean, the Senate isn't up for election next year, so there's no immediate political right. pressure. And then on top of that, you, you look at the things that they all voted in lockstep with last year and how nutty uh, those were. And they didn't have any defectors, not even once. Um I, I just don't see there there is no light at the end of this tunnel outside of election day twenty twenty four. Yeah.
And that's what we got to get focused on. You, you, you're not going to reason with this Terminator. You just have to kill it. Okay? That's, that's what we got to do. We got to get him out of office. State Representative Walter Hudson, as always, thank you for the insight and the time this morning, sir. It was yeah, great seeing glad you. To do it. You'll be, uh, and I know you'll be with us as we head into this uh, next year as well. If I don't see you between now and then, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy uh, New Year to uh, to you and yours, my friend. So thank you, you too. so much. Appreciate it.